0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name's Deacon Jeff Bennett. I'm with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver, and our guest today is Jenny Kraska, Executive Director of the Colorado Catholic Conference. And so what I thought we'd do today is talk about what you do, how important it is to be able to work in a political setting, to lobby for what we need to have in terms of the church teaching and making sure that we're not losing religious liberty and those type of things as bills get formulated and tried to get passed and that type of thing. But before we get started, I thought maybe you could give us a little background on why did you want to become a lobbyist?
1: <laughs> um, I, I didn't set out, I should say, to become a lobbyist. Okay. Um, my background, I uh, went to school at the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota, and I was going to law school and received my law degree, and also did a joint degree at the same time getting a master's in Catholic studies, never really thinking that I would use it for very much. Um, So I was practicing law in Minnesota, and a friend of mine forwarded me a job description for the Colorado Catholic Conference. And at the time, they were hiring a a deputy director, and it sounded like it was almost a dream job. I mean, it was, they required a law degree, they required good knowledge of your Catholic faith and, you know, all those kind of things. And so I thought, you know, this has to be a sign. So right, right. I applied for the job. Um, I had never been to Colorado before. Um, got a call from the Archdiocese of Denver's Human Resources office, and they invited me to come out for an interview. Right. I came out, um, had an initial interview with representatives from all three dioceses, and they called me back um, almost a month later and said, we want you to come out for a second interview with the bishops. And after that, it's it's kind of all history. <laughs> um, so here I am. I had never lobbied before coming out here. I'd never been to Colorado, and um, this is where God sent me. So, so when
0: did you get out here?
1: Um, I got out here in two thousand and six.
0: Okay, but so I think one of the things people probably don't realize is that your conference represents all the bishops of Colorado, and just not the archdiocese of Denver.
1: That's right. Yeah. So um, when I am at the Capitol lobbying, I am there on behalf of all three Catholic dioceses in Colorado, which is Archdiocese of Denver, Colorado Springs, and the Diocese of Pueblo. Um, And I speak on behalf of all the bishops of Colorado and most of the the different organizations and entities that we have within those three dioceses, including Catholic charities, Catholic schools, Catholic cemeteries, Um, anything that sort of falls under that big Catholic umbrella is what I am there representing when I'm at the Capitol.
0: So what does a day look like? At the Capitol, I know probably <laughs> every day you've, you've seen one day you've yeah. seen one day. Yeah, but to give somebody an idea of what you do and how important that is, what what sure. would that look like?
1: Yeah. So when um, Colorado's legislature is in session, um, I'm up at the Capitol. And so, what that looks like for me is it—you know—it varies from day to day depending on what issues we're working on mm-hmm. or what bills we're working on. But on average, it's you get up to the Capitol. You—if um, if I'm working on a bill or lobbying a bill, what I will do is uh, when session first starts in the morning, um, both the Senate and the House are on the floor and they're debating bills. And so, oftentimes, I will pull senators or representatives off the floor and talk to them about a bill that may be coming up that afternoon or later in the week in committee and I explain to them our position. I tell them why we're either opposing it or supporting it um, or trying to amend it, and then explain that to them. Usually give them talking points um, and just answer any questions that they might have. A lot of times when in the morning when they're in their general sessions, um, there's also a lot of discussion amongst other lobbyists because lobbyists are working on the same kind of issues, some of the same issues that we are either you know, with us or against us. And so it's often um, really helpful to be able to have a good discussion with them as well to see where their clients are coming from and get a a sense of whether maybe we could come to some sort of, um, you know, consensus and maybe get us to a point where we could offer some amendments if we're opposing a bill so that we're maybe supportive or neutral. Um, You know, then the day progresses and in the afternoon there's committee hearings and at those committee hearings, again, I might be pulling legislators out, um, explaining to them our position. There are times when I testify. There are times when I've organized testimony to have other more expert people come in and talk about a bill that we're supporting or opposing. Um, so it really just depends on on what the day brings and what bills are up and, and what issues we're working on.
0: So the other day you sent out an email mm-hmm. about a bill that was in committee yes. that could have been very detrimental to the church in terms Absolutely. of abortion. Absolutely. Uh, contraception. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what happened there? Because I think that would be a good example of maybe what you just described and then what happened to that bill. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So right now, I think to set it in context, we are at the very end of our legislative session in Colorado. Um, Our session will be ending on May 9th. And so it's a busy time um, because things are happening very quickly. But what happened, the bill, as I like to describe it for people um, without going into too much detail, is it was the HHS mandate on steroids. Um, It it was a really bad bill, and so it would have mandated um, coverage for abortion, sterilization, contraception, anything you could possibly think of. um, Employers would have had to provide coverage. There was a very small religious exemption that basically covered no one um, because it was (laughs) so narrow, Mm -hmm. and so it it had a lot of different effects for a lot of different people, not just the church, but also private employers. Um, Obviously, a Hobby Lobby comes to mind. Um, It would have Affected employers like that in Colorado as well. Okay. Um, so the bill was introduced late on Wednesday evening, after things had um, settled down, everyone had gone home for the evening. They introduced the bill, but they didn't put it online until Thursday morning. So no one could read it until Thursday morning. Um, Thursday morning, very early in the morning, um, I got a text message saying you need to immediately read this bill. <laughs> I did, and immediately alerted um, my board of governors, all of the bishops, to the fact that we had a very dangerous bill, and it was going to move very quickly. Um, at that time, it was probably about 6.30 in the morning. I didn't know that it was going to be scheduled that very same day in committee um, later that <laughs> afternoon. So I uh, put together a statement that we could send out to people immediately, knowing that um, you know we just wanted to get the word out that this was happening because it was moving so quickly. And uh, once the statement went out, I found out almost simultaneously that the committee hearing was going to happen that afternoon. <laughs> wow. So, um, you know, to try and at that point, you know, rally troops or, or whatnot up to the Capitol was virtually impossible. But it was good that we were there. Um, at the time when, when this was all happening on Thursday, we were the only voice of opposition um, at the Capitol at the time when, when the bill came out and was introduced and going through committee.
0: So if you weren't there, right. we would know. We would know. Exactly.
1: And it it happened so quickly that, I mean, there was no time um, almost to react. I mean, it didn't even get very much media attention. Um, Ultimately, the bill died in committee. And so we were very thankful for that. Um, Part of it was, you know, it's the end of session. There was a very large fiscal note. It was not well thought out policy. And that became very evident um, as the bill was being explained and introduced and debated. Um, And so we were very glad that it had the outcome that it did. But it highlights, I think for people, what people should take away from that is it highlights the need to, to one, um, you know, be aware of what's happening or have people there that are aware, know where to get your information um, and how to get your information, and, and also that things are happening all the time at the Capitol like this that you may not be aware of unless you're paying attention.
0: Right. So we're listening to Respect Life Radio. We have Jenny Kraska, the Executive Director of Colorado Catholic Conference. So how can people... Stay aware of what's going on. Do you yeah. have a mechanism so that they can be aware and and then do something?
1: Absolutely. So I think the easiest way that people can at least be tuned into what's going on is through the legislative network that we have via the Colorado Catholic Conference. Mm-hmm. That's and how so,
0: I found out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: and so what the legislative network is 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 an email based system. We send out uh, what are called action alerts um, when things are happening at the Capitol that we need people to either be aware of or take action on or some combination of of both. And so um, you can very easily sign up to the network by going to our website, which is Co catholicconference.org. Okay. Um, and then there's a big button on the page that says sign up to your sign up to the legislative network. And that's it. Um, we don't share any emails with anyone, and we just send out emails when we need people to, be involved and take action, or we need to let them know something that we think is really important.
0: Right. And it is very easy because short of turning on a computer, I start struggling after that. (laughs) Even (laughs) I can maneuver through your website and it is very helpful. There's even uh, links on there to find out who your representatives are so that you can actually engage them prior to something happening if if you so desire.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, we we have a lot of great resources on our page and it's a great way just to keep up to date. I tell people, even if you're not going to Take action, or you're, you don't agree with us on every stance we take. You should at least know what's happening at the Capitol because the example we just talked about is something that, if you weren't paying attention or didn't get our alerts, you would have never known this had happened um, right. at the and Capitol. We shouldn't,
0: and we shouldn't get too complacent. Mm-hmm. It's not like this will never come back again or right. some other version. Yes, uh, can you maybe describe the the difficulty in terms of trying to defend the faith because of the attacks that you see? with elected officials who, bills that may actually be good bills, Mm -hmm. they slip other things in there that would really constrain a religious liberty, affect life, marriage, those type of issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, there were some good things that I think we should point out again using um, this bill that was just introduced last last week as an example. There were some good things in there that we fully supported, like... um, screenings for cervical cancer and breast cancer, um, breastfeeding equipment for for women. There were great things in the bill. And unfortunately, they they muddied the water so much by putting in all of this unnecessary, um, you know, these unnecessary things like abortion and contraception and sterilization that it took away from truly, really important women's health issues um, that, that we would have agreed with. And so what's happened, I've noticed at the Capitol, I've been doing this, you know, 12 years now, and I, I have increasingly seen just a much more um, partisan a, a agenda that's playing out on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone sort of digs into their own respective camps, and there's not a lot of, of budging that happens at all. And it's become, I feel it's become progressively worse just in the 12 years that I've been here um, doing this. And, and that's what makes it extremely difficult because it's it's not having a conversation about truly what is, for example, women's health. Right. Um, and, and we all know, I, I assume everyone um, in your audience that's, that might be listening understands that you know, abortion and sterilization is not women's health care. And so I Correct. think that, yeah. unfortunately, um, the waters get so muddied when we're talking to part, like, hyper-partisan people <laughs> mm-hmm. at the Capitol that it does make it very difficult to um, maneuver those Those landmines and actually come to some sort of good consensus that we can all agree on. It happens so rarely (laughs) um, these days.
0: Yeah, and it's not getting better. No. And so we have an election coming up Mm -hmm. in November. Right. uh, With the prospects of things getting worse.
1: Potentially, yes.
0: Right. So, what can and what should people do so that they know who they're voting for, what they stand for? Mm And so that we prevent an option, uh, something happening whereby they can just pass these bills and there's no opposition. Right. What, um, so what should people do?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I think people, and I know this might sound very basic to a lot of people, but um, I think a lot of people would be shocked to know how few people um, actually vote in elections, um, especially in Colorado. So the first thing I would say is make sure that you are registered to vote. If you're not, get registered to vote. That is just very basic. If you don't have that foundation. Everything else I'm gonna say is sort of, Waste a of time. Moot, yeah, yeah a moot point.. Yeah. Um, you know, secondly, what I would say is find out who your legislators are at the state level. Um, there's obviously a difference and many people don't uh, don't appreciate the difference. There's a difference between who represents us in Congress in Washington, DC, and who represents us at the state level. So again, um, you know we mentioned before on our website, you can find out who your both federal and state elected officials are. Once you find that out, Um, You know, it's very easy either make a phone call to our office or go on our website. We have scorecards on our website where we track uh, legislation that we've um, been following and taking positions on, and we let you know um, how representatives voted. If it was just a committee vote, we let you know who in committee voted and how. Mm -hmm. If it's a floor vote, we let you know everybody who voted on it. Um, Sometimes it's not helpful to people because their legislator might have not been on that committee or it might have just been a House bill that died, and so the Senate didn't vote on it, etc. But it's important, even if you just find out who those elected officials are, um, go look at their websites. See where they stand on important issues. Go to a town hall meeting. Ask to set up a meeting, especially with your state officials. It's very easy to have access to them in a way that we don't necessarily have access to our federal um, elected representatives.
0: Right. And so you gave an example the other day that we had a meeting at the Capitol that we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, an example about inviting legislators to Matchbuff High School. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little yeah. bit? And just because I think that would give people a better sense of how do you start building a relationship with those elected officials?
1: Sure. I, I think a lot of us get, um, you know, a, a little bit intimidated by the fact that their legislators, their elected officials, we might not know a lot about politics. How do we even go about starting a relationship? I think the other um, hindrance that often stands in people's way is they think that just because an elected official is with a certain party or has taken certain positions, that I'm not even going to try to start a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to debunk some of those those types of attitudes.
0: Well, that goes into your partisanship that you talked about a few minutes ago. Um,
1: So regardless of where your legislator stands, what party they're affiliated with, I would say still reach out. And one of the examples I gave um, was last year, we asked all of our Catholic school principals um, to reach out to their elected officials and invite them to their schools. And I was um, really privileged to be able to take part in several of those different meetings that happened. And one was at Matchbuff High School. And the representative that represents that area probably does not agree with the church's position on, you know, 99 percent of issues. Um, And so he came and it was a wonderful conversation. The students took him around. They showed them classrooms. They talked about sports. They talked about athletics. They had a lunch with him. Um, And at the lunch, he started discussing about how he was setting up a um, committee of, of young people. Um, that represent his district from different schools. And he had never had a private school um, represented on that district. And he was so impressed with the kids and what they were doing. He's like, you know, next time we have membership available for this committee, I'm going to invite someone for Match Buff. Um, now, now, something like that, just even the conversation around that and the conversation that was happening in that room was imp- was really important because it started to establish um, a good rapport with that legislator. And if there were things that happened in the future that affect Schools or the church, um, you know, we could have those kids from Match Buff potentially go and talk to him again and say, you know, we remember when you came and had lunch with us. So, you know, establishing positive um, working relationships, even though you may not agree, is really important if we're ever going to get to a point where we're not so hyper partisan.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not rocket science, but the world we live in makes it seem like it never happens. Exactly. So, when it does, it's great to hear those examples. Mm -hmm about how to reach out to these officials and have a conversation
1: before
0: there's an issue so that you can have a conversation when there's an issue. That's
1: exactly right. And and that's what it's about, you know, not approaching... Because oftentimes legislators, you know, they only get approached when they're being asked, you know, to either support or oppose something, and that's the only time you hear from constituents. And that's... I mean, it's important that you do that. But in addition to that, if you really do want to have a working relationship with legislators, I think it's important not to assume... That they stand in any you know one direction when it comes to issues, um, you know the other great example that I can give with that is when we were having our assisted suicide debates in the legislature before it went to the ballot, mm-hmm. we had a legislator who for all intents and purposes everyone just assumed was going to vote in favor of assisted suicide. Um, she was a Democrat. She was on the board of Planned Parenthood. Everyone figured, okay, we know where she stands. Um, she is very passionate about um, disability rights and the disabled community in her district and for that reason she could not support assisted suicide and sitting in that committee hearing and to hear sort of the shock wave that went through <laughs> that committee room when she voted against the bill right. that everyone assumed she was going to be in favor of i think it's just another example of never take for granted that you automatically know where a legislator stands have the conversation have the interpersonal dialogue um, you know make a connection with that person
0: right And so again, we're on Respect Life Radio. We have Jenny Kraska, Executive Director of Colorado Catholic Conference. And so a little over a week ago, we had a meeting at the Capitol with a bunch of uh, clergy, uh, Catholic and non-Catholic, and we had 60-ish people there to really go over a lot of these points that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we had in that room people that represented a couple hundred thousand parishioners. So how important is it to reach out outside the Catholic community to find out who else agrees with us on these issues?
1: Oh, it's extraordinarily important. I mean, you know, there's strength in numbers, Um, and especially in a state like Colorado, um, you know, we're not an overtly religious state by any stretch of the imagination. And so when we do find people that agree with us on these really foundational issues like life and marriage and religious freedom, um, it's important that we stick together. I think it's— it's a huge blessing um, that the Catholic Church has the ability to have a Catholic conference, because as I think both of us have found out, there's not any other denominations that really have representation um, in the political realm like a Catholic conference. We're sort of the only one. And so for us to be able to reach out and use our resources and our knowledge to inform and educate other denominations, I think is extraordinarily important.
0: Yeah, and I know reaching out to some of them, I heard comments such as, you know, what I really appreciate about the Catholic Church, and then I'm, all, I'm always on guard when I hear that, it, one person, one church said that, I appreciate you guys don't change your teaching. Mm-hmm. There was another church, a non-denominational evangelical church, where the pastor said, I appreciate your church because you guys have an authority and we don't. Right. And we're afraid to stand up because we're going to get picked off because it's just us. Mm-hmm. And so I th- it feels like... Uh, the people out there are just waiting for somebody to lead. Yes. And if we do as a Catholic community, people will follow. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're used to getting attacked, so we're not worried about that. (laughs) And the bottom line is we're all going to be attacked because that's kind of where we're going, and if we don't stand up, Mm -hmm. we're going to get run over. Um, So we have a couple minutes left. Um, What can the average individual do now between now and November You touched on some of this stuff, Mm -hmm. to educate themselves and to let other people know about religious freedom, how important that is, uh, that our faith needs to be lived outside the walls of our church, Uh, the life issue from conception through natural death, and then marriage. What can they do to better educate themselves? And one of those answers, I guess I'll answer for you, is, I mean, is it possible for you to come out to some parishes?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I I am always um, more than happy to come to any parish that I'm invited to. Um, And that's sort of the the key. The key there is is being invited. Um, So I tell people if you're interested in in having, you know, a little discussion about these issues or learning more about these things and how you can be involved, um, please talk to the clergy at your parish. And um, feel free to contact me and extend an invitation and I will... Do my best to accommodate, um, you know, the schedule that you have, and I'm I'm happy to go, to go to any parish. I mean, that's that's a really big part of my job outside of the capital, um, is to make sure that where things are needed in terms of education around these important policy issues, that the churches have a resource for that.
0: Well, and I can say, you know, not to butter you up, but you did a great job when we had the PowerPoint on Thursday, and you were just talking about before we even got on the air today about running into some people that were at the meeting mm-hmm. and just how appreciative they were. I mean, I I got emails from different churches that said, hey, can you give me the archbishop's email? Because he came and spoke at that event. I just really want to thank him for standing up and doing it. And you've had similar experiences.
1: Yeah, no, it's been—we've we, gotten a really great reception from um, that event, and I think it, it goes to the point that you just made that I think people are really hungry for this type of action um, and for this type of education, and they want more of it. They want to know how they can take it into their own faith communities and make it relevant to to people there. And you know, I, I'm happy to do that. I know in conjunction, I think we we made a good team um, yeah. last. You know, in the last couple of weeks doing that, and I, you know, I, I just think that between the two of us, um, you know, we can provide some good resources to parishes.
0: Yeah, and I think it's critical that we do that. But again, we have to be asked. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: That's exactly right. We're just exactly not going right. to show up at a mass and
0: say, hey, um, where are we going to speak? And they're right. like, who are you? It, yes. Uh, so yeah, we need to be asked and get on Jenny's website, Colorado Catholic Conference. Not a, not a problem getting a hold of her. Very responsive. Uh, one, one quick thing before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people think, I'm afraid to go to the Capitol. You know, it's this mythical place and there's, like, gods working there. Like, they f- <laughs> kind of forget that they were elected. Right. They're no different than us. Can somebody just go down to the Capitol and just see for themselves what actually takes place?
1: Absolutely. And I would encourage—I would actually encourage people before you even think about getting involved, you know, with testifying or things like that, come down to the Capitol and just be an observer. Watch what happens. Watch how it happens. Um, The legislature is in session every January through mid-May. So, you know, come and watch during that time if you have the availability. And I would also encourage you, bring your kids. Um, You know, getting younger generations involved and helping them realize the importance of being involved, you know, it has to start at a younger age. Um, and, and we have to start that education early so uh, again contact me I'm always happy um, when I'm there during session to take people around to introduce them to legislators um, however I can make the experience and visit um, you know good for you I will try my best to do right. so uh, and otherwise you know if you just are in the neighborhood and you want to stop in stop in um, and, and see how things work and how they happen and it's a good experience to have
0: yeah and I think and also going with that attitude of, You know, I'm not here trying to create enemies. Mm -hmm. I'm here just trying to understand And hey, if I could meet a legislator and develop a relationship, that would be great. When we had our conference, there were tens of thousands of teachers there, so it made it (laughs) a little more difficult and actually impossible uh, to get into the Capitol. But there's plenty of opportunities prior to the end of session mm-hmm. where it's not quite as crazy and it might be more easier to access at that point.
1: Yes, absolutely. And like I said, contact me and I will let you know maybe some good days where there might be something interesting being discussed that you would want to be down there to hear. Otherwise, just the opportunity to see how the system works is important.
0: Okay, so we're down to the last minute or so. Uh, so just a reminder of your website. How can people uh, sign up to get email notices? How can they find out what's going on and who their legislators are. Just maybe a quick recap on that.
1: Sure. The website is cocatholicconference.org. Um, on there, there are big buttons, you can't miss them, that say sign up for the legislative network. There's another button that says action alerts, and you can go back and look at any past alerts we've sent out or statements that the bishops have put out. Um, there are other great resources. You know, I would encourage you to just play around a little bit on the site. You'll see a lot of great resources on there about many different issues that we've taken positions on, and you can also find your legislators there. Um, another great thing we are on Facebook, you can um, you know find us on Facebook and like us there and stay informed that way as
0: well. So just one, you mentioned something earlier, and I, I want to make sure I bring it up. You mentioned about going down and testifying. Mm-hmm. If someone were asked to go testify or felt like testifying, would it be smart to contact you first to find out Who am I testifying in front of? Is this a friendly gang? Is this an antagonistic gang? Is that something people could do in the last uh, 30 seconds here?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Again, call me. I mean, I'm I'm there every day, so I know the players. I know what committees are. I know usually, you know, many of us know the outcome of bills um, sometimes, you know, before the committee hearing starts. So I can let you know what to expect, what to prepare for, um, and how to prepare.
0: Thank you for listening, and hope this was informative. Feel free to engage Jenny and myself so that we can help you go through what's going on politically and how we can be active so that we can be who we've been called to be. Thanks for
1: having me.